already, aren't already. Thank you, church. Thank you, choir. I want to honor the name of the Lord. I want to live that honor out in my life. I hope that's your desire. And we are living in such a chaotic time in this world. Seems like everybody says they've got the answer. But you and I know the only answer, the only answer for this world is still the same answer that it's always been. The God of this black back holy Bible, this is the answer for the world. Jesus Christ is still, Andre Crouch used to sing it years ago. Jesus is the answer. You're real high. For the world today, right? Go ahead. Yeah. For the world today, above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Still the answer. Above him. For Jesus is the way. Let's just sing it with no piano whatsoever. Ready? Just the voices. Here we go. G- Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. For Jesus is the way. Sing it. Jesus is the answer. For the world today, above him there's no other, Jesus is the way. Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 through 15. Joshua knew it, Moses knew it, David knew it. And you and I today have the wonderful opportunity to be able to express what we know about God and about who he is. As I said, in light of the world and all the confusion going on in the world, there is an answer. There's an answer for every heartbreak, an answer for every sin. No matter how far gone you feel that you are today, there's an answer. I'm going to pray in just a moment. As we pray, I'm going to pray today on this family day. I'm going to keep my focus on family. I've entitled the message, Fighting for My Family. Fighting for My Family. As we get ready, I want you to turn in your scriptures to Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. We're going to read those two verses of scripture. And as you're turning there, I want to recognize Peggy's son, Brian. Brian Green is here with us today. An accomplished singer and actor and you know, I've been to New York to see you on Broadway, and uh, wonderful to see you in church with us today. I know Sister Peggy is smiling from ear to ear. She is a happy lady, so we're glad to have you today. Also want to point out that this coming weekend is the Ladies' Conference. Uh, last year, over 500, I think, of you showed up. Um, Stratford Women's Conference, November 3rd and 4th, Friday at 7. A child care up to 5th grade. Saturday at 10 with child care up to pre-K. It's going to be a wonderful weekend. Sister Jamie Massey is coming back. And if you have never heard Jamie Massey, then you are in for quite a treat. The, min- the ministry that she has is, is wonderful. The power of God that follows the anointing on her life is just amazing. So you want to be here 
this coming weekend, all ladies. I've even known a few gentlemen to slip in the back just because they wanted to hear. So uh, I think that'll work. That'll be okay as well. Joshua chapter 24, verse 14. Joshua begins here and he says, Now therefore, now anytime you start a verse of scripture, Brother Salvador, with the words, Now therefore, then we know there's something that has just been said that's pretty important. And what we find in this story is that Joshua is at the end of his life, 110 years old. Joshua, you know, Joshua, the one chosen to be the leader. Moses went up on the mountain, but before he did, he commissioned that Joshua would be the man to lead the children into the promised land. And Joshua's lived his life, and he's lived a miraculous life. God has used him to do mighty things. He's seen the, the miracles from the children of Israel leaving Egypt all the way through to crossing the Jordan and the Jericho walls coming down. He's seen it all. And he just got done sharing with all of the people what God had done. He wanted to remind them of what the Lord had done in their lives what they had known and with the stories that had been told about their grandfathers. But he had also shared with them, and he, they knew that, that some of the children of Israel who had gone through the miracles had also gone off track and served other gods. So as he knew that he was coming to the end of his life, he wanted to put a commission and a challenge to the people. And so here's what he says as he concludes this part of, of this chapter. Now, therefore... Fear the Lord. Serve Him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river... For the God of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Then he goes on and says probably some of the most famous words you and I will ever hear in our lifetime. Over 3,000 years old, he muttered these words and we all could say it by heart. He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Won't you say that again with me and make it resound in the ceilings of this church. But as for me and my house, we will will serve the Lord. Lord, I pray right now. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for every family, every mother, every father. I pray for their children today, God. For their grandchildren, if they have them. I pray, God, for every man and woman who's here that that has extended family or, or they've got nieces and nephews and they've got family friends that they're close to. I pray over every every person, God, that your will and purpose for this service will be accomplished in their hearts. I declare, Father, that we are going to see a battle wage for our families and we're going to win because we are coming not in our own name, but we're coming in the name of the one who has already given us the victory. We thank you today. We declare sons that are lost, daughters that are lost, that, Lord, they're coming home. We're believing for our households today. We're declaring it in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that you will challenge every heart as we begin to unfold, unpack this word of God this morning, that they will have the courage and the confidence 
call out in a declaration that their household is saved. In Jesus' name we pray, we're going to fight. And everyone said amen. Amen. You can be seated. I'm preaching this morning about family. And you know there are two families working side by side. There is the family of God, which we're all part of. And then there's that family that you're sitting with. The family that you come to church with, that you live with, that that you have in your lives. We're two families at work. The Bible made reference and makes reference all throughout Scripture to our parallel with a real family, a bloodline family, in the body of Christ, that we are a family as well. Joshua, in all that he had done and all he'd been through in his lifetime, finds himself at the end of it, and now he's concerned about leaving a legacy and leaving a final word, kind of like in this day and age where we would say, what were their last words? He had last words in his heart and mind When he called all of the elders and all of the leaders and all of the government officials, he called all the tribal leaders, everybody together, he knew that he was on his way to heaven. He knew he was on his way out. And so he sought all of his people, called all of the people of Israel together and wanted them to understand and know what his last word and challenge was going to be to them. And he began to share with them. And as he began, and you open up in chapter 24, he says, as he's speaking, that he's speaking as unto the people from the Lord. He says, thus says the God of Israel. Then he begins to share. So he's under the anointing of the Father when he begins to share with them, I am the God who brought you out of Egypt. I am the God who called Abraham and made a promise to him that he would be a father of many nations. I gave him Isaac as his son, as I promised. And that promise carried on until they found themselves. He had son Jacob and Esau. And Esau went to the mountains and Jacob went to Egypt. And you know the rest of the story as the children of Israel found themselves in bondage in Egypt, but not there without a promise from God that he would bring them out. And he did through Moses. And you know the story as Moses was the chosen leader to bring the children of Israel out. And as they found themselves at the Red Sea, you know the great miracle of the Bible where the waters parted and the children of Israel walked through on dry ground to find the hoofs of enemies coming after them as Pharaoh had changed his mind yet again and was after them to destroy them. But as they came, God caused a darkness as he points out. Joshua saying, do you remember hearing about how God brought a darkness between you and the enemy? And by the time the Egyptian armies and all of their horses and chariots found themselves at the river, God let them get in until then he covered them up and drowned all their enemies. They were victorious at every turn. God always coming through for them. He was reminding them and God wanted them to remember. He took care of them in the wilderness. He fed them. He clothed them. He made supernatural provision for them as they wandered in the wilderness until there was the day and the hour that God brought Joshua into the scene. And then there was a wonderful deliverance once again the waters of the Jordan this time parted and they found themselves even at one city after another as God gave them every battle that they fought and you I'm practically quoting all of the Old Testament for you as Joshua is sharing these things and he's telling the people he's wanting to stir up within them their minds to to remember the things that God had done for them through those many generations and years 
He shared with them how the walls of Jericho had come down and that city was given to them. And they had been led into the place. And I love the word of God when he finally gets down to the end of all that he was sharing with them. He says, and God speaks this to them through Joshua. And he says in Joshua 24 and 13, I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and choose you this day whom you will serve. God looks at us today and he reminds us of where he's brought us from. Don't get off track, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget what God has done in your life, the family he put you in, the mom, the dad that you had, the grandparents that prayed you through, the church that was there that ministered to your every need as you were growing up in discipleship. Don't forget what God did and the miracles that he's brought you through. Can you, do you ever go back and count your blessings and name them one by one? Do you remember the power of God that revealed himself to you in so many different ways throughout your life? Do you remember I can go back in my life and I can remember the miracles one after the other. I, I've got a miracle board at home I keep. It's in a big frame and it's, it's got all these lines on it. And I, I, every time an answered prayer comes into my life, I go and I keep score and I keep writing them down. I've got a whole half of a board almost filled up with all kinds of answered prayers and and things that I know that God did that were supernatural, that were just Him. How many of you have supernatural memories of what God has done in your life, whether through you or your family? You remember things that God has done in the past. How How do you get past where God saved you when He touched you and revealed Himself to you? I walked in the night I got saved at that place I won't mention and I I literally sat there that night and I remember I was just there doing my duty I was just there to please my mom I was just there to make her happy I left work early and I got over there and I was sitting in the seat and I was just kind of enduring all the shouting and all the praising and worshiping even though my heart was going 100 miles an hour and as I got through that service I'll never forget when God started poking me on the heart it started really testing and talking to my spirit and it wasn't very long before I found myself with tears streaming down my face and only one thing for me to do I had to choose I had to choose am I going to ignore him am I going to continue to just play this game and live my life for myself what am I going to do with God who's standing right in the face, right in my face. and His Holy Spirit is speaking to my heart and I'm feeling and sensing a drawing from the other world. What is it that I'm going to do with that? I remember about tearing the seat in front of me in half as I was under conviction. Oh, how many of you still pray for old-fashioned Holy Ghost conviction on the hearts of people? You know, I, I would love to save you. I would love to convince you. I'd love to persuade you. But I've learned enough through this precious word that if the Holy Spirit doesn't convict you in your heart, if He isn't touching you, you have no chance of being saved. 
there isn't a preacher you say you sit back and you think, oh yeah, they're going to try to convince me. They're going to try to persuade me. I couldn't do that. It's not within my power. Although I would if I could. I'd try to convince you that there's no greater decision you'll ever make in all of your life than to serve Jesus Christ and to accept him into your life. I'd love to tell you about how much he's meant to me and my life. But I can't do that for you. You've got to choose. Your mama may be the best Christian ever walked the earth. Your daddy may be a Holy Ghost bomb always walking around ready to drop, you know, and pray and, and see the work of God done and accomplished. It may be that you've got a rich heritage and faith. But if you stand empty this morning, it's not because of your heritage. It's because you have chosen differently. We're here to talk about family. Joshua did something at the conclusion of this that I find extremely valuable and interesting and I had to I couldn't get away from it it says at the end there he says as for me but then did you notice he said in my house as for me in my house and I thought how interesting How interesting. And we know that he wasn't automatically just saying that they're going to make it because it's an individual choice. We all have freedom of will and choice. But what was he doing there? He was making a choice, but then he was also making a declaration. And that's what we're, that's what I'm talking about this morning. That's all I've been praying about all week is a declaration. I want to start to see, I prayed over you this morning and I declared, I declared in the spirit, I declared through the word that we were going to see some amazing, mighty, wonderful things happen from this service today. Not because I said it, but because we have agreed with his word. And if you and I, if you ever want to get a yes and amen from God, if you want to understand what will turn your circumstances around, if you want to know what the will and the mind of God is, start praying in agreement to the word of God. As you begin to agree with this precious word, you will see the power of God unfold and work in your life and in the lives of your family. Joshua said something here that gives you and I a little bit of authority. He said, as for me, he looked at Israel. We've come through, we've come this far, and God has been the one who has supernaturally accomplished all of these things. Therefore, You need to fear the Lord. You need to make up your mind. You need to make a decision about what you're going to do because if you don't follow after God, you will not know the blessings and the favor of God. You cannot. He was letting them know, you're either in or you're out. You're all in or you're all out. And I need to, we need to preach that this morning in a way that that men and women, sons and daughters, that you get it. You can't get in on mama. You can't get in on daddy. You're going to stand before God. You know, we hear it said, and the preachers preach one way and other ways. They they all say, well, you know, the world says there are many roads to God. And preachers get up and say, bless the Lord, there's not many roads to God. There's only one, I agree, there's one path and road that leads to heaven. But let me assure you something, young man, young lady. All roads... Do lead to God. 
doesn't mean once you get there that you have found the way in. There's only one way through the door. The door is Christ. Christ is the door. You, all, everyone, Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There is not a man or one. You can say, I don't believe. I'm only here because I have to be. I don't believe in this. I don't believe in that. I'm not, I'm not going to stand before God. Oh, yes, you are. Not only will you stand before him, but you, like everyone else, including Satan himself, will have to bow a knee. You, young man, you, young lady, you will bow. You either bow now or you'll bow later, but you're going to bow. You're going to bow. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. You may not say it today, but you're going to say it someday soon. You're going to say, Jesus is Lord. And you'll choose then. The only problem is, the Bible talks about, the Bible talks about the fact that many will come in that day. Saying, Lord, Lord. And he'll say, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I knew you not. See, it's not about you knowing him as much as it is about him knowing you. You have to make up your mind. You have to make a decision. But I love what he said because this is something that it touches my heart. A family is important. Family is the bottom line. Parents, you don't realize how influential you are, how important your walk and your everyday decisions, what, what you watch on television, how you go to church or don't go to church, how you set an example and how you're, when you're angry or when you're loving and kind to your family members or your wife, how you love your wife or ladies, how you love your husband. You, you don't realize how important that is to your children. You don't realize the power of the family. There's power in the family. There's power in what's going on in that house. It's the most important thing that raises up your children. Never forget how crazy powerful the imprint is that you've placed over your children. And don't think for a moment you haven't. You have. You put an imprint on them that'll last forever. Long after you're gone, they'll still remember who you were in their lives, the words you spoke, the things you said, how you felt. Yeah, I remember now my mom's been gone for eight years and, and I can still, I can almost, I can almost tell you what she'd say at certain times. I, I can hear her voice still and, and I can remember what she, how she would respond to certain things. I, I knew she'd made an impact, an influence. My father has made an impact and an influence over my life. You have made an influence. So it's wise for us today to look into the word of God and see in these words what Joshua is saying when he says, I've made a choice as for me. Then he's also made a declaration. And my house. We will serve the Lord. There's power in that statement. The word says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, you and your household. We know that all throughout the word of God, it talks about Cornelius and his house. It talks about the, the centurion and his house. 
that were all throughout Scripture. God, when He saved you, He didn't just have you in mind. He had your family in mind as well. That's, that's comfort to you, parents. That, that's comfort to you to know that God ju- isn't just about what He's doing in your life. He's after your babies. He's after your grandbabies. He wants to make sure your house, it's God's will that all come to repentance and none perish. That's God's will. He looks for every way that He can to save folks. Contrary to the popular demands of of some of the uh, more stringent holiness churches of the day, way back in the day, man, they made it so hard. They, God seemed so cruel. When I was a little boy growing up, I'd hear some things sometimes, and, and I'd think God was this mean, cruel ogre that just was looking for me to mess up, looking to smack me right out of the kingdom of God. I had this wrong impression of the Lord until he saved me, and he showed me one night when I was in prayer. He said, Ray, I was down praying one more time, and I said, God, I, I had a bad thought today i had a bad attitude i sinned outright lord i am asking your forgiveness i've done this 1485 times and here i am again and god just stopped me dead in my track in my tracks he said why do you see me like that why do you see me like that And I was just a young man. I was just newly saved. And the Lord showed me a picture. He said, you see me like, and I saw in my head, like from Little House on the Prairie, that school marm, you know, with a ruler to hand, just smack. You know, what was that, a bad thought? Smack. Aha, bad attitude? Smack. I saw God, man, constantly trying to, to erase my name out of the book of life until the pages was torn and there was a hole there where my name was. Up oh, there he goes again. Erase. I had him all wrong. He said, you see me all wrong. This was a young man. I didn't have, I didn't have a whole bunch of theology. I just had this, this desire and this passion. I wanted to know the God that was beyond those clouds. I wanted to know the God that, that I felt when people sang sometimes and the anointing was on their life. I wanted to know that God that touched my mother and my grandmother and, and touched the church and the pastor when he'd get up preaching and he'd be shaking his keys in his pocket. I remember old brother Winters at Philadelphia Drive Church of God. He'd get up on a Sunday and he'd be shaking and his keys would go off and I'd be just watching his keys in his pocket as he'd run around and the anointing was all over him and I, I wanted to know that God for myself I didn't want anybody else to have something I didn't have and so I'm praying and I'm like God forgive me for the thousandth time forgive me again Lord for how I failed you I gotta get to heaven Lord he said you see me all wrong you see me like that that marm with the ruler and with the Penciled, I'm erasing your name out of the book. He said, he said, take that pen that you've got. He said, instead of turning on this end and trying to do this, he said, turn it back around. He said, Ray, I love you. I want you to make it. I, I'm for you, not against you. I'm, I'm coming after you. I'm, I'm a father. and You're not walking yet. So I'm, every time you fall down, I'm not sitting back smacking you with some ruler saying you're out. 
you've just blown it? He said, no, that's not me at all. He said, every time you fall, I'm like a father looking at his child as he's learning to walk. And I'm saying, come on, baby. Come on, baby. Get back up. Get up. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. He said, many times I've had to walk over and lift up your hands and help you to walk. He said, God, God, let me know. He said, I'm on your side. I'm not trying to send you to hell. I sent my son to give you redemption and salvation. I want to see you saved. God is on your side this morning. He's not against you. He's for you. He said, you see that pen in your hand? He said, you always think I'm trying to take you out. He said, see it turned around and the ink in that pen is the blood of my son. And I'm saying, come on, Ray, just ask me to forgive you. Just Let's just put this behind you. This blood tears forgiveness. It's for the redemption. It's for remission. It's for you to have. I want your name to be covered by this blood. I want to make sure it's covered here. He showed me these things and explained to me how I had it wrong. He was a merciful God. Kind and good, good God who wanted me to make it. He wants our children to make it. He wants us to to focus on what we can know in the word of God. As for me and my house, Joshua understood the power of family. He understood his words were valuable and important. He knew he was led by the spirit of God. He was making a declaration, and I want us to make some declarations in the few minutes I have left. I want to give you some declarations for your family. He said, I'm making number one. I get it. I told you he's making a choice. He says, as for me, he said, and my house. That was prophetic. He was speaking prophetically. He was speaking in faith. He was making a declaration in faith. I want you, mom, dad, I want you to start praying a prayer of declaration over your, your family, your son, your daughter. I want you to start praying in faith what Joshua prayed. If Joshua can do it, we can do it. If Joshua can do it, I can do it. And if he can do it, you can do it today. You can pray the prayer declaring you've got a lost daughter out there in the world today. You don't know what you're doing. You've lost your mind trying to think of how you can get her to understand and to know the revealed love of God. You've raised up a son in the way that he should go. You've held on to that scripture. Train him up in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. You've quoted it. You've written it down. You've kept it close by. But just sit with your heart broken this morning i'm telling you it's time in these last few minutes before the return of the lord that we get down to some business in spiritual warfare and we say lord as for me and my son and my daughter and my grandbabies they are going to serve the lord Hallelujah. I mean it. I feel the Lord all the way to my feet. It's time to declare that they are saved, that they're in the household of God. Amen. Declaration number one. We will see him do it again. We're going to be intentional about seeing God do it again. He did it for Cornelius' house. He did it for Joshua's house. If you go on and you read, it says that his family, all the way up and out through that rain, they served the Lord. Every one of his household did. Joshua made a declaration. You and I have got to make a declaration. It's, it's, a, it's a faith. It, the Bible tells us if we want to please God, we walk in faith. If we want to please the Lord, we walk in faith. 
So when we're, the Bible says, if you agree, if any two agree on anything, but it also talks about the agreement and the unity of God's word. If we stand in agreement with God's word and we declare it, he said earlier, our praise, the Bible is clear to point out our praise. There's so much more to praise. I think once we get it, we're going to do some deep studies on some praise and worship. We're going to understand what it is. I can't get enough. I've been reading all weekend long. Didn't even have anything to do with my message, but I got caught up reading about praise, reading about the power of words and spoken words when they're in agreement with God's word. And I'm excited about what's happening because I'm declaring that this city is saved. I'm declaring that this community is going to know Christ. I'm de- determined and I'm declaring in the spirit that men and women are not going to know a church, but they're going to know a savior. I want them to know a healer and a deliverer. I want them to know that God is real and that they're not having to buy in on somebody's theology, but they're going to buy in on a Lord and a savior, a God who is sitting in the heavens right now. And in the midst of this sanctuary, the angels of God and the power and the presence of this Lord is here. I want them to know him. I want them to know him. I love when you read in the word, and he says, I've given you a land for which you do not labor. You didn't labor a city which you didn't build, and you dwell in it. You eat the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. It's easy to walk in faith. We do it every day. Every time you get in your car, you walk by faith. You drive by faith. Everywhere you go, you're living and walking by faith. When you accepted Christ into your life, you did that by faith. That being the greatest miracle you'd ever receive in all of your heart and life. We've got to also begin to please God with our faith declarations. We'll see him do it again. We've got to be intentional. You've got to be intentional. When Joe, when Joe, I'm sorry, when Joshua was talking to the people, and he was going back over all the things that God had done. He was wanting to remind them that you didn't ever do it on your own. You never did it because of how good you were. You never did it because of your own strength or power. You know, sometimes we win a few battles. We sometimes get a big head. We sometimes get to the place where we start to think, hey, you know what, I I must be pretty special. That's deadly thinking. Because the moment we begin to think we've done something that's caused this to happen is the day that we start to lose ground with the miraculous and the supernatural in our lives. It's good for us to constantly be reminded that everything, everything in our lives that has ever come to us has been from the Father who comes and brings gifts to the earth and brings to us good gifts and wonderful things that change and transform our lives every miracle every day's breath every heartbeat in your body it's all a gift from the lord every bit of it the very life you're living right now that beautiful wife or that handsome husband that's sitting beside you that is a gift from the lord you didn't deserve it we didn't deserve the blessings and all of the favor that we have in our lives but we have it anyhow because god has given it to us everything we have comes from him We do not bow to the gods of this world. We never forget that battle after battle, God has always been the one who's brought us through. Joshua knew that if we didn't, if he didn't remind them of that truth, and it reminds us this morning, that it wouldn't be long before we would leave God altogether. It's good to look back. It's good to remember back what all God has done in your life. It's good to write it down. 
It's good to count the blessings to keep score. I always say this, though, as long as we don't stay there. Because how many of you know God is a God of moving forward? He loves us to look back at yesterday, but he's always willing. And Isaiah talks about doing a new thing. God's still doing a new thing. He doesn't want us stuck back in 1955. He doesn't want us stuck back at the old tent meetings. They were great. But you know what? I like air conditioning. There wasn't nothing wrong with all sawdust, but I bet you this carpet, well, even though this is a marvelous carpet, one of these days, one of y'all is going to get real blessed, and you're going to come in here and say, Pastor, replace that carpet on me. It's going to be a great day. I will dance all the way down to Middletown in downtown. Marvelous carpet. It was 1991, that's why. Okay, if somebody asked me the other day, why in the world did the church do mauve carpet? 1991, that was the thing, baby. <laughs> it was awesome. We have to be intentional in our lives. If we'll see God continue to bless as he did in the Old Testament, New Testament, if we'll see biblical things happen today, then we've got to be very intentional like they were. Joshua showed us intentionality. So in his declaration, Nancy, you can make a declaration. You can make a declaration over your family, over your children, and over your grandchildren, and your children's children's children, and to all them that are afar off, all the way to the coming of the Lord. You and I can follow after the word of God and stand in agreement with that word and be intentional in making declarations. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Every day I will bless you in Psalms 145. And I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts and I will declare your greatness. Over and over and over in the word of God, we're told to give this to our children, to sit them on the hearth and teach them as they're young to meditate on the promises of God, the testimonies of God, to pour this into our children. We're called to do that, but it doesn't end when they grow up and leave your house. I'm telling you, you and I still need to be declaring the word of God and the greatness of God from one generation to the next. We need to continue to take on that responsibility. And sometimes, even when you don't know it, you're declaring over them, God is still working in their life, even if you don't see it. Even if you don't hear it, you've got to have faith and walk in that declaration of faith that it's being done anyhow. God is going to, you know, Jesus said, the harvest, the harvest is out here and it's ripe and ready. He said, but the laborers are few. He said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers into the field. When you're praying and declaring that your son, your daughter will be saved, you're praying that prayer that works to send laborers into the harvest where your children are. 
It's somebody with the gospel is going to come along. It may be at the drive-thru. It may be at the school library. It may be at their job. But wherever it is, you every day you get up and I declare that my son, I declare my daughter is saved. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. They will make heaven their home. They will make a decision for Christ. They will be saved when the rapture sounds. And they will fly up into heaven to meet the Lord in the air. My children will walk streets of gold. They will see the throne of God. They will not be lost. And the enemy will not take my children down. We make that declaration. The Bible says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. A declaration means you're giving your two cents. You're making an announcement. You're making a broadcast, a declaration. When we declare the greatness of God, we're making a public announcement that he is the grand and glorious God that inhabits those praises of his people. We're setting up an atmosphere everywhere we go when we declare the great works of God. We're setting up an atmosphere where God can work in the lives of our young people, can work in the lives of our families. If he lives where praise is, then my words connect to God when I praise him and then I'm opening the door the gate you remember Psalm 100 where it talks about entering into his courts with praise into his gates with thanksgiving when you understand that thanksgiving and praise works together to bring you into the courts of God you want to open up a gate this morning begin to worship God Thank him for your son and your daughter being saved. Thank him for your family, your husband, your wife being saved. Thank him for what's already been done. Begin to praise him that it's done and you open the gates. You open the gates of heaven and you're walking right into the throne room of God's glorious throne. And you're standing there with him in his presence and you have the right to petition the Lord boldly because of our high priest. Joshua made a declaration himself and for his family he knew that God is a God of promise that he's a God of his word that he's a God who loves family created family in Acts chapter 2 and verse 39 for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call we need to make declarations the second declaration that we need to declare is that we will honor and reverence God with our words, with our activities, with our life. We will be faithful, faithful. Do you know that religion is best caught, not taught? Kids that had it crammed down their throat or friends that we're preaching to all the time, that's not the best way for you and I to minister to their need. The best way is for us to live out a reverence and honor to God in our own lives. And as we live that out and they see the consistency, they see the power and presence of God at work in our lives, it makes a difference to them. It's a testimony. The testimony takes us into a deep-seated reverent place, a secret place, if you will, where God is revealed and an atmosphere is set up and you and I and then we see Joshua said, now therefore, fear the Lord, reverence the Lord, fear the Lord, honor the Lord, share about the Lord. When you sing praises, 
your children in front of your children, your children learn to sing praises. When you pray in front of your children, your children then learn how to pray. When you when you talk about the Lord and share the goodness and the testimonies of God with your children, they learn how to share the testimony of God in their lives. It's important that we understand we're living out the reverence to God. There's a Rockwell painting in 1959 I ran across where it's a famous one where the mother and the two daughters are dressed identical and they're walking out the door ready for church. They've got Bible in hand. You may have seen it as they're walking out the door and then you've got the son straggling from behind in his suit carrying his Bible down by his hand and he's looking over at the easy chair where dad is all piled up there in his pajamas and his robe with a newspaper in his hand and he's just looking at them all as they're leaving and going to church. I'm telling you, the three little girls were dressed just like mama. They were ready to go to, to the house of God but the little boy was struggling and he's staring at daddy in the chair. I'm telling you, you make an influence and an imprint on your children's lives. That painting kind of says it all. The young man wanted to stay there and be like dad. You, wanna, you want your children to love God, then you love God. You want your children to enter the house of the Lord and make it a habit in their lives, then you make it a habit in your life. We don't put everything else as a priority over being in the house of the Lord, even the more so as we see the day of the Lord approaching. But you and I living out this life in an example before our families is what makes the difference in their lives. When they see you love God, they'll love God. When they see you teach about the Lord, they'll want to teach about Him. When they hear you pray, they're going to know that there is a way to get a hold of heaven. And that's through getting on their knees and having a prayer time with God. Living out this obedience and this revelation, this reverence to God. It's an old adage, but listen, our actions speak louder than our words. You ought to go to church, boy. What about you, Dad? Honey, I sure wish you'd just get in church. You need to get in church. I just, oh, it just hurts my heart that you're not in church. Well, Mama, why don't you get in church? It's better caught than taught. If it isn't good enough for you, then it isn't going to be good enough for them. Declaration number three, and I'm getting ready to close. We will be obedient to God. We will be obedient to the Lord in all faithfulness. With a servant's heart, we will do our best to honor God with obedience. Declaring obedience in your family reverence in your family, declaring, declaring of an honor and a greatness towards God, lifting up his name, making a spiritual heritage, a declaration, a spiritual heritage in your home, in your house, setting an atmosphere where God is able to work and move as you set an example of surrender to the Lordship of Christ. So will your family. These are declarations to make. We will be faithful. We will be reverent. We will be obedient. If you did it once, you'll do it again. We will be intentional in serving and loving God. And lastly, we will set a spiritual heritage and inheritance in our house the night that I got saved oh man 
You don't even want to hear that testimony again. I was turned upside down. I was so happy. I couldn't hardly stand it. God had just, it's as if I'd gone through a car wash. I felt so clean. I felt so brand new, transformed, life transformed, changed. I went down one way, came back another way. This is the kind of relationship I'm talking about, young people. This is the kind of relationship, kids, that you can have with God. You may have seen only a half-hearted, half-bored, out-of-your-gourd religion. But I'm telling you, there's more. There's a whole lot more. God has this amazing relationship planned for you. He wants you to know Him in great power. But you know what? When I got up from that altar, and I went back up to my seat, and I was my, high, my friends were giving me a high five, and the one kid that tried to talk to me the whole time was all happy now and all spiritual when he was really trying to keep me from going down everybody was all happy and then all of a sudden a poke on my shoulder and I turned around and it was my mama tears streaming down her face she said I thought this day would never happen she hugged the life out of me, started praying over me, spoke in tongues over me. She was so happy that her son had gotten saved, sanctified, and I got filled with the Holy Ghost all in the same service. She hugged the life out of me. I knew it was important to her. I knew that it was the most important thing in her priorities in her life. And so it became important to me. A spiritual heritage. Joshua said, as for me, I make a choice. I'm going to serve the Lord. My heritage says so. My great-great-grandmother was church. She was in church playing the piano, shouting all over the place. My grandmother was in church. All the way up to her death, she taught Sunday school. My, my grandfather was in church. I've had this heritage in my family. You have a heritage. It may be just one generation. You may have many generations. But you are the now generation. That's what matters. You're the now generation. And it's up to you. Your your children, your grandchildren, they're going to look back to you. 20 years down the road, they're going to say, well, my great-grandma or my grandma or my, my mama, she did. You want to be that person that has set such an example and made such a declaration with your life. Joshua said, as for me. That's you. Make your declaration. Be faithful to God. Be reverent to God. Leave a spiritual heritage. Be intentional in your life. Remind your kids what God has done down through the years. Remind them where he was faithful and where he showed up. Yes, bad things may have happened all along the way, but we always knew where to turn and where to run when it got hard and when it got tough. We always knew where our strength was going to come from. And when the storm was raging, he was a covert from the storm. When there was a battle raging, he was a high tower that we could run to. When he, when we had the enemy at our back and we couldn't find any other way out, we found Jesus was our rest. He was that strength over and over and over again. Remind and share with your children the goodness of God. Stand with me this morning. As for me and my house. As for me 
and my house. He made a spiritual declaration. I want you, before we leave here today, I want us to make a spiritual declaration. I want us to declare. How many of you would be honest in here today? And you'd, you'd say, you know what? I have lost family. I have lost family. Look around you. Look at all of the hands. We've got work to do, don't we? Because you know what? I believe that we can declare like Joshua did. I believe that we can declare that as for you and your house. Anybody else believe that with me? As for you and your house. They may not know what's going to happen. They don't know what's going to hit them at Kroger's this afternoon. They have no idea what's going to happen when they get to work tomorrow. They have no idea what's fixing to take place in their life. But we're going to pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into the field. Like I said, you may not hear it yourself. You may not see any results from it yourself. But we're going to know it's happening. Why? Because we have declared it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Your son will serve the Lord. Your daughter will serve the Lord. Declare it in the spirit by faith. Declare it by faith. You know their names. You know who they are. I want you right now with one hand up, if you can, or two if you can, I want you right now to just bombard heaven with that declaration. Lord, as for me and my son, my daughter, name them. Call out their name. They will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Lord, we come to you now. We honor you. We bless you. We declare over this congregation for all of these hands. Lord, there were probably three or four hundred hands that lifted their hands up saying they have a lost son or a lost daughter or a lost family member, a husband or a wife or another family member. Lord, we're asking right now in the name of Jesus Christ as we please you by faith and we declare in the spirit, God, that they are going to serve the Lord. We call it done, not in our own strength, not by our own power, but by the Spirit of the Lord that is at work in the harvest. We thank you for their salvation. We thank you that their names will be written in the Lamb's book of life. We thank you that they're saved today because of the blood, because of Calvary, because of the mercy and the love of Almighty God. We honor you and we thank you for it, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone together said amen. Amen. Now I want you to praise God for their salvation. We praise the Lord for their salvation today. Hallelujah. I believe they're going, they're going to know a difference. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to keep score. Whenever they, whenever they come to you and they say, man, I ran into somebody at the gas station and they were just all talking about Jesus. You just say, well, really? Yeah, I went to, I, you know, I sat, you know who I sat? I sat by that same girl. You remember that girl that we went to church with years ago? Really? I'm praying every day. I want you to start declaring Right now, by faith, in agreement with God's word. Joshua gives us one example, but there are many throughout the word of households that were saved. But I want you to start declaring, as for me and my house, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And as you declare that, I want you to keep score. 
every time you see them acting, they may get worse before they get better. I've known it to be true. They'll get fiery mad. They'll be in a bad mood. When they, when they come in and they're just grumpy as they can be, you just look at them and say, well, God must be touching him. God must be touching her. Consistently, intentionally, pray for your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife, your family. And let's not stop until we see hundreds of hands of testimonies. People keep in score how many people are coming to Jesus. I want to focus on the lost. It's time this church got back to what we're supposed to do. We're called to win the lost. We're called to win the lost. It's great. It's wonderful to come in here and be blessed. I love coming here, Heather, and getting all the, and shouting and feeling the presence. It's awesome. But sometimes we can get so caught up in having church that we forget to be the church. We've got to see people saved. We've got to see them delivered. We've got to see a focus on the lost. Are you with me? How many say that's a good place to be? We're a church's main mission. To be, I want to see people say, hey, can I tell you something? Last Sunday, they came in glowing. They said 21 people got saved at the jail last weekend. Isn't that great? Praise the Lord for that. Before we leave, with every head bowed and every eye closed, normally you don't get out to 1230. You're a whole 30 minutes early. If you're here today, if you need Jesus, You need to be the answer to your mama or your daddy or your friends. Prayer. You're the object of their faith. And you need to be saved today. If you're here and you need Jesus, I want you to slip up your hand and write back down. We're going to pray for you right where you are. Are you here? Say, Pastor, I want to be saved today. Amen. God bless you. Anyone else? I want to be saved today. Just lift your hand and write back down. God bless you. Anyone else at all? Just a few moments we're waiting. Yes, God bless you, ma'am. Thank the Lord. Christians are praying. People are responding to the Spirit. The Spirit of God. That's Him, you know. He's knocking on your heart's door. Is there anyone else? Pastor, pray for me in this prayer. I don't want to be left out. I want to be right with God before I leave. God bless you. I see you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, we're going to pray together. I've often said this, but you probably haven't heard it. So we're going to pray a very important prayer, but it's not the words. It's not formula. It's not magic. But when you pray these words, we're just going to escort you before the throne. And we, when we take you before him and you say these words from your heart, the Bible says if a man or a woman believes in their heart that he's God, that he's the son of God, That he died on the cross. If you believe in that in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, you're saved. He makes it so easy to come to him. So we're going to pray that prayer. And as we do, I want you to know as you make that confession, he says, if a man believes or a woman believes in their heart and confesses him with their mouth, they become a child of God. So let's pray this prayer together. Church, will you help me? Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart forgive me of my sins you died on the cross 
you were buried and you rose again. You purchased my salvation with your blood. I come to you today. Be the Lord of my life. I declare that you are the Son of God. I believe it in my heart. I confess it now. In Jesus' name, according to your word, I'm saved. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Announce for us. Amen. As we go today, we do want to remind you about the ladies' conference that's coming up this weekend. If you need any more details, you're interested, you can come and see Linda Ingham, who's right down here on the front row. Let's give it up for Linda. She's also the director of the Little Kids Choir. want to remind you this evening is our young adult service. That's college age up to 35. They will be here tonight and uh, believe they're having an outside cookout thing, a fall uh, celebration. So if you're a young adult, you want to come by and be a part of that. And there is going to be prayer in the sanctuary. If you are interested at 6 o'clock, the, the sanctuary will be lit up. and You can come by and pray.